0: Welcome to Get Sleepy, where we listen, we relax, and we get sleepy. I'm your host, Tom. Thank you for tuning in. Alexandra wrote tonight's story, which I'll be reading. We'll enjoy a relaxing walk in the Italian countryside foraging for edible plants, it's a chance to enjoy the beauty and bounty of nature. Before we begin, I'd like to thank Canva for Teams for sponsoring the show. Creating great visual content is an essential part of what we do at Get Sleepy. From our logo to our episode images and beyond, It all plays a part in maintaining our recognisable and consistent aesthetic, and that's why we love Canva for Teams. It's a design platform that makes it easy for anyone to create stunning content in any format. There are endless templates, premium fonts, photos, graphics, and so much more to help get your creativity flowing. Canva for Teams even streamlines the social media process. You can plan, create, and share social media content directly to all your channels from one place. It really is the perfect design platform for the modern-day team. So collaborate with Canva for Teams. Right now, you'll get a free 45-day extended trial when you go to Canva.me slash get sleepy, that's c-a-n-v-a dot m-e, slash get sleepy, for a free 45-day extended trial, canva dot me, slash get sleepy. If you're enjoying the show, and would like to hear even more episodes, the best place to listen is on our supporters feed, Get Sleepy Premium. Everything is completely ad-free. You'll get access to our entire catalogue of over 500 full-length episodes, and you'll receive a brand new bonus episode every single week. And this week we have two premium exclusives. Tomorrow we'll follow up an earlier story about a lady named Cassie who enjoys a simple evening at home preparing a special dinner and relaxing on her balcony. Then, on Friday, we'll be releasing a stitched version of our two stories with Cassie, meaning premium listeners will have an extra long episode to drift off to. You get a seven-day free trial when you first sign up, and don't forget, you can gift a subscription to Get Sleepy Premium, which I think is a really thoughtful and kind thing to do. Just go to getsleepy.com support, or follow the link in the show notes for all the information you need. Thanks everyone. It's nearly time for our story now, so let's spend a moment unwinding and settling down. Make yourself comfortable in bed. And when everything's just right, close your eyes and breathe in deeply. Then breathe out slowly. Breathe in. and out. As you feel your body relax and your mind settle, imagine this. It's a warm, sunny day, and you're standing in a field of tall grass. Looking up, you notice that the sky is a bright, radiant blue. There is a single white cloud drifting above you. It's small and kite-shaped, moving slowly through the blue. The cloud seems to glow with a pearly light of its own, shining at the edges. As you watch, you're filled with a sense of deep peace. With the cloud moving so slowly, so calmly, you feel your own breathing slow down to match. For a moment, as you gaze upwards, you are at one with the cloud. And then it passes, moving further and further away. It's floating in the direction of distant fields and woodland. Now, it's time for you to move on too. Let's begin our story, which starts right here in this field. On this beautiful morning in early June, you've come to explore the countryside. This part of central Italy, not far from Rome, is full of natural beauty. It's a land of lush fields, hills, and volcanic lakes and there's more to the countryside than meets the eye. As well as the many farms and vineyards, there are woods full of edible treasures. But you have to know where to look. As you walk through the field, you're accompanied by a local guide. Sonia is a cheerful, talkative woman in her 60s who carries a large wicker basket over her arm. Like you, she's dressed in light, comfortable clothes and wearing sturdy shoes. Trotting beside Sonia is her black and white dog, a spaniel named Lola. Together, the three of you walk slowly through the long grass, which is dotted with bright red poppies and other wildflowers. You can feel the sun gently warming the back of your neck, as well as a cool, pleasant breeze. It's going to be a hot day, but right now, mid-morning, the temperature is perfect. The gradual transition from spring to summer is such a lovely time of the year. The days become warmer, but they're still fresh, and the coming of the new season Brings a subtle change in atmosphere, as well as the rich sense of new flowers in bloom. You can appreciate these changes in the city too, but they seem even more special out here immersed in nature. It's so quiet and peaceful. This part of the countryside has remained almost untouched. There are no cars, buildings, or even other people. It's pure nature. The only sounds are the melodic birdsong in the background and, if you listen closely, the low buzz of insects. The sound of your footsteps is muffled by the soft earth and surrounding grass. It almost feels as though you're a silent, invisible presence passing through without disturbing nature. You're happy to be here with Sonia, who knows the area well. She clearly has a deep respect for nature and a knowledge of many of the plants that grow here. During your walk, she often draws your attention to things you might have easily missed she points out a particular butterfly or a plant that can be identified by the distinctive shape of its leaves. Sonia explains that she has always been observant ever since she was a child. She enjoys looking closely at things and appreciating aspects of nature that others take for granted. Many of the plants you're going to see today are often called weeds, but as Sonia points out, there's nothing wrong with them. The term weed is used for plants that are unwanted growing in the wrong place in the garden. Out here in the fields, there's no such thing as a weed. Besides, every plant has its uses. This is something that the people in the area have known for generations. There's a long history of foraging, picking wild plants and using them for cooking or for medicine. It was often women who went out into the woods and fields. They would spend long days gathering plants such as chicory, asparagus, nettles, or mushrooms. The food they harvested would be sold to local restaurants or markets and used at home to prepare delicious, healthy meals. Sonia recalls family members coming home with bags overflowing with leaves. For them, foraging was work. But for Sonia, it's a passion. Now that she's retired, she enjoys roaming the countryside, looking for anything she can pick and cook. And every now and then, she does foraging tours with curious visitors. She loves sharing her knowledge. And she wants to make sure that this understanding and appreciation of local plants is passed on. It's like a local dialect, she says. Over time, fewer and fewer people speak the language, and the shared knowledge is lost it would be a shame if that were to happen with plants and flowers. It's much easier to learn how to forage than to pick up a new language. But even so, it's a little more complex than you might think. You have to know exactly what to look for and where, and in which season. Some of the plants are hidden from view, surrounded by tall grass, or obscured by dense vegetation. And many of the plants look confusingly similar to one another. That's the case with the first plant you find. In a shady, wooded area. Sonia points out two patches of leafy plants, which are almost hidden by the grass. To your eyes, the plants look identical. They have long, dark green leaves and look like a cross between spinach and rocket or arugula. Sonia picks some of the leaves to the right and explains that this one is the edible plant. It's wild chicory, or chicoria in Italian. Soon it will flower, and it will be easier to recognize as it has gorgeous, bright blue petals. But even now, without the flower, there are ways to identify chicory. One telltale sign is the shape of the leaves. They are pointed, resembling serrated arrowheads. Another clue is the arrangement of the leaves near the soil, in rosette formation. The chicory leaves spread out like a star. As you bend down to help Sonia pick the leaves, she tells you more about the plant. It has a strong, bitter taste and is full of fiber and vitamins. In this part of Italy, chicory is often cooked and then fried with oil, garlic, and chili. In the winter, another kind of chicory is used in a crisp, delicious salad known as punterele. The leaves are soaked in cold water and then covered with a dressing made from oil, vinegar, garlic and anchovies. It's an acquired taste, but in this region, it's a popular side dish that goes with just about everything. You ask Sonia, what she plans to make with these particular leaves. With a laugh, she explains that these are just a souvenir from your walk. Like spinach, it takes huge quantities of chicory to make anything. Even so, it feels good to pick the leaves feeling the slight rough texture between your fingers. You like knowing that this plant has so much potential, and that you're taking part in a kind of tradition. For centuries, people have been foraging for chicory in the countryside, just as you are now. Lola also shows an interest in the plants, sniffing everything enthusiastically. She can't help with this kind of foraging, but with her keen sense of smell, she could hunt for truffles. One day, she might be trained. But for now, Sonya is happy just to have her company. as the dog bounds through the grass, tail wagging. A little further ahead, Sonya spots another plant. Growing in the shade of an oak tree are long, thin shoots of asparagus. These are easier to recognize, as they're so distinctive. They look like delicate green spears with feathery tips. You're surprised by just how long the stalks are. Some are more than a meter in length. When they sway in the breeze, they make you think of strands of kelp underwater. There are moments when this secluded grove reminds you of being in the sea. The vegetation and long grass are like plants on the seabed, and the sunlight that filters through the leaves above has a dreamy underwater quality. The atmosphere is so tranquil that you find yourself moving slowly, picking the asparagus one strand at a time, then placing it in Sonia's basket. You take your time trying to gather as much as possible. Unlike the chicory, Sonia plans to use the asparagus in her cooking. She'll use some of it for a creamy pasta dish with a dash of white wine and parmesan sprinkled on top. But her favorite way to cook asparagus is in a frittata, an egg dish similar to an omelette. It's so quick and easy to make, and it brings back happy memories of family meals and picnics. Her grandmother made the most delicious frittata each slice was bursting with flavor, and Sonya found it hard to limit herself to just one piece. As Sonya talks, you find yourself getting hungry. Then, as if reading your mind, Sonya tells you that there's not long to go. Till lunch. Afterwards, she'll take you to her house where you'll enjoy a traditional meal made from foraged ingredients. Walking a little further, you soon come across clusters of borage, also known as starflower. The first thing that catches your attention is the flower itself. The central part resembles a red starfish surrounded by vibrant lilac petals shaped like triangles, but the stem and leaves are also unusual, as they're covered in soft white bristles, almost like a layer of fur. Each flower seems to droop, bowing its head. While the asparagus shoots stood tall and proud, the borage looks shy by comparison. The flowers are so beautiful that you're almost reluctant to pick them, but Sonia encourages you to go ahead. At this time of year, they are everywhere, and these ones will be put to good use. Sonya will give some of the leaves and flowers to her sister who likes to make borage tea. It has an unusual taste, a little like cucumber, but her sister drinks it not for the flavor, but for its calming, healing properties. Borage has been used in drinks and medicines. Since ancient times, it's believed to have all kinds of health benefits, from soothing skin to brightening moods. Sonia is more interested in cooking. She wants to try making some fresh ravioli filled with cheese and borage leaves. The flowers are edible, too, so she'll sprinkle a few on top as decoration. She likes the idea of making something that not only tastes good, but looks beautiful. After gathering some of the flowers and leaves, you walk on, deeper into the woodland. Lola seems happy to lead the way, bounding ahead. The winding trail soon opens out into a sunny clearing, encircled by trees. With little white flowers. Sonia is just as surprised and delighted as you are. She'd intended to take another path, and she'd completely forgotten about this part of the woods. Bending down to stroke Lola, she thanks her for being such a good guide. Lola has brought you to an area filled with elder trees. Each one blooms with clusters of tiny, cream-colored flowers. They resemble little white trees springing out of the green leaves in the rays of the sun, some of the flowers almost seem to glow, a bright, radiant white. Sonya takes out a pair of pruning shears and cuts one of the little bunches of elderflower. Then she hands the flowers to you and asks what you think of the smell. Inhaling deeply, you notice a rich floral scent mixed with an almost citrusy aroma. It's the smell of summer. Sonia takes a sniff and agrees with you. When the elderflower smells like this, it means it's perfect for harvesting. As you take it in turns to cut the flowers, you ask Sonia what she intends to do with them. You imagine she'll make a syrup and use it as a cordial or cocktail, or perhaps A dessert. Sonia smiles. You'll find out later, she says. It will be a surprise. Once you've finished gathering the elderflower, you cross the clearing and follow another trail. Along the way, Sonia points out other plants and flowers, including some nettles, which she says are edible. Nature has so much to give, she says, if you're patient and learn how to look. She could easily spend the entire day here, searching every bush and grove. But it's time to move on as lunch awaits. And as much as you're enjoying the walk, you're looking forward to sitting down, resting, and of course, eating. When you come out of the woodland, you can hardly believe your eyes. In front of you, in the middle of the greenery, is a bright patch of blue. It's a lake. The still surface is like a mirror reflecting the sky and the glittering sunshine. You knew that there was a lake somewhere near here. But you weren't expecting it to appear out of nowhere, like something from a dream. The intense shimmer of the water gives it an unreal quality, like a vision. But as you walk towards it, meandering through the tall grass, It becomes clear that the lake is not just a figment of your imagination. It's really there, a vast, still pool, surrounded by trees and gently sloping hills. Sonya tells you that this is a volcanic lake. It was formed thousands of years ago, when a volcano collapsed during an eruption. Over time, it filled with water, forming a lake. Some volcanic lakes become tourist attractions and popular swimming spots. But this particular lake has remained virtually untouched. It feels like a wild, timeless place. At first, the lake seems to be just as silent as the woodland. The only sound is the quiet chirping of the birds. As you walk through the field close to the lake, you hear a soft splashing sound. Then, passing through a thicket of trees, a fisherman comes into view. He's sitting comfortably in a chair, his fishing rod extending out into the lake. Although you can't see his face clearly from here, you can imagine his expression, a look of calm contentment. He's alone in this beautiful paradise, basking in the warmth of the sun and savoring the cool breeze from the lake. Sonia whispers to you. She thinks she recognizes the fisherman, but she doesn't want to disturb him. You walk on, leaving him to enjoy his quiet, tranquil morning by the lake. There's not much further to go now. Sonia leads you up a sloping path through another wooded area. Here, she points out some more edible plants. Some are eye-catching flowers, while others are ordinary-looking plants camouflaged in the grass. Sonia is amazingly observant able to pick out edible treasures even in the most unlikely of places. You notice everything with interest, but this time you don't stop to pick any plants. You're feeling a little tired and hungry, and you're keen to get to Sonia's house. She says it's close by, but it's hard to imagine anyone living in such a remote part of the countryside. There don't seem to be any roads nearby, and you haven't seen a single building or any people apart from the fishermen. You continue on, up a hill. But gradually becomes steeper. When you reach the top, you take a bottle from your bag and drink some water. In this moment, it feels like there's nothing better in the world. Just a few refreshing sips are enough. To fill you with a new energy. After a sigh of satisfaction, you tell Sonya that you are ready to walk on. But there's no need to walk any further. Just a few more steps bring you to a gate half hidden by the trees. Sonia unlocks it and welcomes you to her garden. Coming out of the shade, you find yourself on a large stretch of grass, bordered by flower beds, bushes, and the occasional tree. The grass has been cut recently, and the garden Is clearly looked after. But it also feels relaxed and natural, as though most things have been left to grow without interference. It's like a tamed wilderness. Sonia walks ahead and beckons you to join her. From the far edge of the garden, there's the most spectacular view. You can see the lake in its entirety, a smooth, glassy surface shaped like a perfect oval. It's surrounded on all sides by dense layers of greenery and small, softly rounded hills. This edge of the garden is lined with bushes of beautiful red flowers. They create a natural border for the lake view, framing it perfectly. You're tempted to take a photo, but you resist the urge just for a moment. You want to experience this moment through your own eyes first, appreciating every detail. Your gaze drifts from the serene waters of the lake to the distant hills. In some parts, they are dappled in darker patches of green, as they're covered by the shadows of the clouds above. And then, you look up at the sky itself, a celestial shade of azure. Afterwards, somehow, you feel satiated. It's like the sensation you had earlier, drinking the water until your thirst was quenched. Experiencing this kind of natural beauty fulfills a need you didn't even know you had. Next, Sonia invites you to sit down at a picnic table in the shade. There's a wonderful view of the lake from here, too. It feels so good to finally sit down. As you make yourself comfortable on the bench and pour yourself a glass of water, Sonia tells you a little about the house. She doesn't live here, but it's shared by everyone in her family. They often use it for parties and family gatherings or they take it in turns to stay here at the weekend, whenever they need some peace and quiet. Although the house isn't hers alone, Sonia is the person who uses it the most. She comes here all the time sometimes joined by her husband and children and always accompanied by Lola. As Lola is a young, energetic dog, it's good for her to have all this space where she can run around. But right now, after the long walk, Lola seems ready to rest as well. She sits patiently beside the table, looking expectantly at Sonia. It seems that Lola is also looking forward to the meal. You remain sitting here while Sonia moves between the garden and the house, often followed by Lola. Rather than cook from scratch, Sonia is serving some food she's prepared earlier. You offer to help her, but she shakes her head and tells you to relax. You are a guest after all and she enjoys being a host. It doesn't take long for Sonia to bring out all the food, but when she's done, every inch of space on the table is filled. The food is simple, but delicious. There are fresh salads dressed with flavorful olive oil, and cooked chicory with garlic and chili. Of course, there's an asparagus frittata, which Sonia makes just like her grandmother used to. There are also some green olives, a selection of local cheeses, and honey, and slices of crusty bread. At one point, Sonia goes back into the kitchen. You continue eating, wondering what she could be doing in there. There are already so many wonderful dishes. You doubt there's any space left on the table or in your stomach. But then, Sonia returns with yet another plate and presents you with the final dish. It's a pile of crispy, honey-colored leaves, as well as some strange formations. That look like bouquets of little golden bubbles. Then you look closer and realize what they are. They are borage leaves and elder flowers, lightly fried in a crispy batter. You take one of the fried flowers, holding it at the tip of the stem so your fingers don't get greasy. Then you take a bite, feeling the warm bubbles melt on your tongue. It's a subtle flavor, but absolutely delicious. The layer of batter is remarkably thin, creating a light, salty coating around the flowers. The leaves have the same delicate consistency. After this memorable meal, Sonia returns to the kitchen once more. To make some coffee. She suggests you make yourself comfortable in the nearby lounger. It's been perfectly positioned so you can enjoy the view of the lake and feel the breeze. Sonia is right, you reflect, as you sink into the lounger. Just like the meal, every aspect of the garden has been carefully considered to make the most of its natural qualities. There's nothing that could be improved. It's perfect exactly as it is. Sonia will soon come back with the coffee, but there are no other plans for the day. You can stay here as long as you like, gazing at the lake and drifting into a state of deeper relaxation. It's been such a beautiful day you think. And just moments later, you give in to the urge to close your eyes and rest.